Welcome to the FUMS Now podcast show, where you'll gain information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Find us online at FUMSnow.com. I'm your host, Kathy Reagan Young. Have I got a podcast recommendation for you? It's called Vax On. It's hosted by my pals, Matthew Zachary and Iluria Nanos, who are both scary smart and stomach achingly funny. They sort through the week's healthcare news and related fuckery as America gets its vax on and shows COVID-19 the door. Seriously, you will thank me for this one. You can find vax on as part of the Out of Patience feed. Search Out of Patience wherever you listen to your podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. I'll put a link in the show notes too. Vaxon is another in the Offscript Health Network podcast family. Today, I'm speaking with Debbie Petrina, an author and MS warrior. Before I introduce you to her, I want to share a resource with you, the Patients Getting Paid podcast and membership community. This is where people with chronic illness learn to find and create flexible, remote work situations that both accommodate their health challenges and generate an income. There are condition-specific gigs updated weekly, coaching calls and co-workings, trainings and workshops, and the most amazingly supportive and loving community on the planet. Interested? Learn more at patientsgettingpaid.com. Debbie Petrina is the author of Managing MS and a community advocate for multiplesclerosis.net. During the past four decades, Debbie has lived with MS and spoken to thousands of people in the MS community via social media, as a trained peer counselor, and as a participant in numerous MS-related events. She earned her bachelor's degree in business administration from Duquesne University. Thank you so much for being here, Debbie. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much, Kathy, for that introduction and inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm so glad you're here. So let's start at the beginning. Just share the story of you, who you were right up to diagnosis. Okay. I was a normal person, just like anybody else. I was 25. I was young. The year was 1980. I was at that time working as a sales associate for a major bank. So everything was great. Life was wonderful. I was newly married. Anyway, what happened was things, weird things like all of us with MS start out with weirdo things, a lot of neuropathy in the beginning, um, mm. you know, mix-ups with hot and cold, um, pins and needles, and um, quirky things like that. I would put my foot, my cold, cold foot under a, a faucet, uh, hot water, and it was like, oh, what's going on here? So that it's went on cold. for quite a while. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So it started to escalate over, mm, I don't know, a, a period of time. And one day I was coming, I was out of Pittsburgh, I was on the road and I was coming out of a sales presentation and I um, got in my car and I discovered my shoe wasn't there. I actually walked out of my shoe. My shoe was like 20 feet away. And um, yeah, it was really frightening. And at that point it was kind of like, okay, I need to find out what the heck is going on here. It, It was, it was really scary. So I did, I went to the, you know, the local hospital, a little place called Altoona PA. And they said, you bet, you better go to Pittsburgh ASAP. Mm. So I did. And I saw a neurologist. It was not a good experience. And back 
you know, this was the dark ages. I tell everybody, I, you know, 1980 was a dark ages because nothing existed. You know, there were there were no MRIs, there were no um, VER testings, there were no um, that just didn't exist. All that existed was a myelogram. And so I had this bad doctor and he basically threw me on a high dose of steroids and said, you have an infection in your spinal cord, go home. You know, typical of everybody. Did they do a lumbar puncture? Yeah, they did. And at that time, well, it was determined that it was it was part of the myelogram. It was part of the myelogram process. Okay, where they entered, put the you know the the dye in there, and yeah, that's all I had at the time. I mean, there really there was nothing else. Um, In the back of my mind, though, I I grew up. My next door neighbor had MS, and Mm. um, so I was aware of. of So you knew you didn't want that. Well, I didn't want it, and I right. used to collect for it, actually. So I was a little bit familiar with it. But so when it started happening with me, what I did do was I looked up and, you know, I got my old encyclopedia out. So there was something in there about a Babinski sign, okay? And a, a Babinski sign is when the, yeah, when the neurologist, he'll scrape the bottom of your foot. Yes. And when and he goes. does that, if your toes go down, you're normal. If your toes go up, you got a neurological problem. Oh, okay. So um, this was always in the back of my mind. Um, so first flare went away by itself. Ten months later, everything was cool, and that was that. Life went on. So a few years later, there were all kinds of um, very stressful things that happened in my life, very traumatic, and second episode. Pops up then, sure. Pops up, but it was it was worse. Uh, There were different. There were worse. I I was peeing the bed every night. I was not walking right. I was walking in the walls. But the most fearful thing of all, and this is what leads most people to the neurologist, is optic neuritis. Yeah, I lost sight in my in my left eye. So I found a different good neurologist. Walked into his office, went through the tests. And at the end of it, he says to me, you have MS. I was relieved. And he did it that fast. And and the thing was, with the first neurologist, I always say, you know, the word multiple was important because with the first neurologist, I had the multiple symptoms, multiple parts of my nervous system. What I didn't have was the multiple occurrences. Mm -hmm. So when I went in the next time with all of these things, yeah. I had all the multiples and bingo. And I asked him, I said, how did you do that? He said, because you walked back into the door. He was terrific. I was relieved. But then as people today, I was really overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, okay, where do I start? What do I do? I need some answers. And you're in that really fearful state. Where in the heck am I going to be? You know, I am only 25. So um, yeah, it was, well, the second time I was older than 25, but I, yeah, it was, it, 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 it doesn't matter whether it was then or whether it's today. It's that same frightening, unknown and scenario. <laughs> yes. So what I did, I, I needed to get some answers. So I went to the local MS society office. It was very small, nothing. And back then, you know, when I say the dark ages, there was nothing, there was no mm-hmm. social media. There was right. nothing. I, there were only two associations that existed back then. 
that offered anything. It was the MS Society, which was focused on research. They didn't have all the programs and everything that they do today. Mm-hmm. And the other one was the MSAA, but they were much, much smaller, you know, smaller scaled. So I went to the office, local office and I said, hmm, you know what, I just was diagnosed. I need some help. They gave me the names of two books, which I ordered um, to learn about it. And then that was about it. They just had some basic brochures. And I said to them, well, do you know anybody that I could talk to? And this was the turning point in my life. And I said, do you have anybody there? And as a courtesy, what they did for me was they said, yeah, we do have somebody your age, one child just like you, yada, yada. Let me check with her and see if it's okay to connect you to. So that happened. And that was the start of everything. And the P-E-E-R, peer, there was a relation. It was like, wow, you know, I can talk with somebody about this. And, yeah, and, and that was everything. So um, I continued to talk to her. I got worse at work because I had a, a lot of responsibility and things got worse. And eventually I had to, and I kept up with the society. And, and what was really cool about it was that back then they were just in the development stage. In fact, it's very interesting because Cindy Z, Cindy Zach Boilo, was actually in, I was in Pittsburgh. It, her husband was at C, uh, CMU. And she was there for a few months helping our chapter get started. She came down from Massachusetts. She was there as a, as a volunteer. So she started um, developing programs. So I was there and I learned them with her. And she started a training program. Um, it was a peer counseling training program. And it was, you know, telephone. Um, and that's all we had. We didn't have social or internet or anything like that. So um, I grew with the society and as they grew and started their programs and I used to go out with them and when they would go to different places, whether it was a hospital staff or uh, talking to a hospital staff or something like that, they would go and say, okay, this is what we offer from the National MS Society. And here's Debbie. And she will answer any questions and tell you a little bit what life is like with MS. That's so um, that was the launching point, and that became my. And I went on disability soon after that. And and the MS Society was great because as I did this, this was my new career. Um, this became my purpose in life. Oh, okay. And and it was my support because I really didn't have the support at home. I I just didn't, you know. And and everybody's circumstances are different, but it's a hard, it's hard to swallow. And you know, there are a lot of things to learn. Mm-hmm. So um, fast forward. Okay. Over the next 40 or up till today, I got involved not only with the society, I managed, I, I facilitated an MS, an MS support group. I was on committees. Then I started to be invited to other types of programs to participate in. And I essentially learned the ropes. And so when I got to 2011, okay, that's when I decided to sit down and write a book. I always wanted to write a book, Um, but it was kind of like, I want to help other people do this. I want to help other people. I've learned all this and whatever way I can do to make it easier for other people, um, I've been there. I've done that. Um, yeah. I live it. I breathe it. I, I, I've watched the faces. I've I've uh, watched the expressions, um, and I've 
you know, back then we had more interaction face to face. So, um, yeah, I sat down and I, and that's what got me into everything, but I had, yeah. And I have been, you know, in many, many roles since then. And that's been my support. I give and I get, and, and we grew together and it's been, it's, it's been great. And I want to share that. And that's what I do. I share it. Great. I am just shocked at how quickly you got diagnosed, especially back then. That's crazy, crazy good uh, that you got answers that quickly. What type of MS do you have? Well, back then it was relapse remitting. Okay. Okay. And then as time went on, um, and, and again, we, we had nothing but steroids. If we had a flare up, they put you on, you know, um, prednisone. Um, they didn't even have the the infusions. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's all I had. So what I had to do was I had to follow common sense. I had to, I followed wellness. It was, it, you know, and the logic was, well, you know, you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You make sure you don't get sick. You keep yourself um, as healthy as possible. Dial down someday, stress. Some, someday something is going to happen. And so, yeah, that's all I had. Gotcha. And um, so, but the, yeah, the doc who um, actually diagnosed me, he stuck his neck out a little bit. You know, and he did it that fast. And I asked him, and and he was great. I called him Doctor. I call him Doctor Excellent. Yeah, um, no joke. Really, you know, he didn't shed any words, and I liked the straight talk. Oh, it, those know, are few I, I just really, between. yeah, and and, and that meant a lot. The doors to the Patients Getting Paid membership community are now wide open. This is a community of people with chronic illness learning to find and create flexible remote work that accommodates their health. I call us chronicpreneurs. There are trainings, coaching calls, networking opportunities, co-workings, and a ton of resources. Want to take better care of yourself and still generate an income? Join us at patientsgettingpaid.com. You said you were diagnosed with RRMS. Does that mean that you have progressed to secondary now? I have. And it's kind of weird because, you know, every case is just different, as we all know. Sure. After I moved here, you know, my son graduated and I moved here to Phoenix, uh, relocated in 2001. And things calmed down. They really calmed down a lot. And I, who knows why? I don't know. Maybe it was a calmer lifestyle. Maybe it was living in the desert. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I have progressed in the last 20 years that at a very, very slow rate, very, very slow. And it's been very manageable. And I even had, you know, sometimes they say, gee, can remyelination happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. Because over the years, um, I had symptoms from 30 years ago. I don't have today. Mm. That's so, good news. Um, and so it's a really interesting case. I mean, we all yeah. have our stories. Mine was long and it's continuing. I guess I am still in that stage. I don't know. I don't, you know what? You get to the point, I get, I got to the point where I don't even really think about it anymore. Yeah. Well, that brings up a good point. I mean, I think, so were you told that you are now secondary progressive or you're just assuming given the time frame? Kind of assuming. Okay. Because over the years, they've had different definitions. 
mm-hmm. you know, in every five or six years, they change the categories, they change the, the terminology. Yeah. And, you know, it, when it got to the point when they came out with the new terms, it was kind of like, well, and, it, you know, I don't see my, neuro- I, I see my neurologist annually or in between mm-hmm. if I do need something, mm-hmm. but that's it. Are you on any medication or have you been? No. And people ask me why not. And it has nothing to do with being against any DMTs. I think it's great, but it's just in my circumstance, the first 15 years, they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Then when the ABC drugs came out, you know, the Avanox, beta serum, and the Copax, and I was facilitating that minimal disability group. And at the time, yeah, several people came on board with it mm-hmm. and they were having problems. So I just kind of thought, well, I'll just sit back yeah. and see what happens. Side effects. And then the turn real. of the century, yeah. And then the turn, turn of the century came and I was stable. Mm-hmm. And as the new stuff all started coming out, it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, I'll see what happens. And it was a wait and see. So it's not... Yeah. Really, by, you know, I, I've never been on a DMT. So, you know, I, I, I read about it all the time and I listen to people about it all the time. And and I, you know, really feel it. And, and I'm happy with the approach today because at one time there was all the focus on medications and whatever and not wellness. But today it's it, it's a good balance. We have yeah, both. definitely. And both are necessary. And I would never say to somebody, don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. You have to, you have to be open-minded and it's a balance. It's, it's both. Totally. And you have to think of the short term and, and at the same time, the long term. Yes. You know, that's if I do this today, what's going to happen 20, 30, 40 years. Yep. So. Agreed. You kind of mentioned this in an offhanded way. Then you wrote a book. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah just wrote a little book that's yeah. exceedingly comprehensive and you have updated. So let's talk a little bit about that. I want to, we're going to break it down, what all's in there and everything, but I want to start with, and this is because, and and full disclosure, Debbie is in the Patients Getting Paid um, membership community, and we just had a members-only live coaching call. So she understands that this is where my head is. So immediately I go to, what was that process like when you decided to write a book? And and was this, did somebody approach you? Like, did a publisher approach you? Is this self-published? Did you have to go find the publisher? We're going to, stay tuned. We're going to get into what this fabulous book is about, I promise. But I just have to know, this is killing me about the, this process. I always wanted to write a book. And I've always kept a journal my whole life. And so finally, I was at the stage in life where, yeah, I have a lot of experience under my belt. Yeah, I have the time to do this. Yeah, I have the journal to fall back on. And that's really where I started. I, you know, as I was laying out the chapters and thinking about what I wanted to cover Mm -hmm. and how I wanted to cover the way I wanted to do it, I, my fallback was my journal. So uh, throughout, when you look at the, when you go through the chapters, I do share a lot of my journal entries and entries from interacting with other people. So, so that's how it started. And it it actually flew by really quickly. I went with a hybrid publisher. I, you know, went out and and saw, looked at to, to, to see what was available out there. And at the time, social media was infancy. Okay, and we're going back to 2011. I mean, Facebook and everything like that was just, yep, just starting just to start. Mm-hmm. So um, I went with a hybrid 
And they essentially had the rights for everything. They had the royalty rights. They had everything. I didn't care. My objective was I want to help people. I'm not out to make a book and I need help doing this and I want to do it fast. And they did it. They did it well. They did it fast. And they set me up. I bought a package that they they automatically set me up on all the social media platforms. Oh, and this was all Greek to me. I mean, yeah, you right. want to talk about a, a you know a learning curve. Yeah, um, no I didn't know how to do any of this. I have Twitter, whatever. What's a tweet? Right. I, you know, and and it, so, but they but set they that it. all up for me. That's great. And um, and then from there, I just you know it was learn as you go. You yeah. know, I started a blog, and I'm blogging now again and kept getting involved and my name was out there. And the more I got engaged with social media, you know, I met other people. I had MS buddies, pharmaceuticals reached out to me and said, hey, you want to join our conference? Uh, So yeah, so I continued along the way. My second edition that I just updated is an expansion of 10 years ago because a lot happens in 10 years. I mean, look, sure look where we've come. Yes. Look where we've come in terms of research, in terms of knowledge, in terms of, you know, what's available to us out there. So, True. and um, other subjects, I, you know, I've expanded into territories that, I mean, let's face it, you know, um, MS is complex. It's complicated. Um, you know, I mean, it affects, not only, I mean, everybody thinks automatically a walking impairment, mm-hmm. but hey, you know, we've got, you know, it, it interrupts our social life. It interrupts our emotional life. It interrupts our, our sex life. Our, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And yeah, so it's I, the gift I dive, that just keeps on yeah, so I dove into deep <laughs> territories, you know, that other people don't go. Well, let's talk about that. So first, let me say this book is called Managing MS, A Roadmap mm-hmm. to Navigate Multiple Sclerosis. And it is, as you say, it's an updated version from the one you wrote 11 years ago. The breadth of this book is amazing. You have everything in here from the grieving process, the newly diagnosed go through to flares how heat can affect MS, depression, disability, supplements, wheelchairs, the optimist and the pessimist. And then you have a ton of resources listed in the back of the book. And I mean a ton. This book is incredibly comprehensive. The only thing I didn't find in there was a recommendation for a good MS podcast. Wink, wink. So I just wanted to set up kind of what I, you know, saw when I opened it up and all of the chapters. And there's just so much. And now I'm going to let you talk about how you approach this and what is exact, what all is in there. I wanted a tone that was very comfortable, very relaxed. So I spoke like I'm speaking to you right now. I developed the framework. I did not want a medical read. Mm, Good. Okay. (laughs) I wanted it to be really easy, you know, bullets, items, and I was very careful about how I, de- I developed the, the cover. In fact, the cover says it all. This is what it's all about. Support, guidance, help, advice, assistance, information. That's what I wanted to provide. And every subject that I approach within the book is what you need to know. This is what you really need to know. And this is what you can do about it. And, and let me tell you for a second what this book isn't. There's a perception with books. This is not a book that gives you the history of MS. Okay. It doesn't give you background about MS and what the causes are or anything like that. This is a basic guide to book. Again, 
whether you're looking at depression, whether you're looking at a particular symptom, whether you're looking at a, you know, a, a trigger like heat, okay, what you need to know about it. And this is what you can do to re- remedy the situation. Um, and then I offer resources um, at the same time within the chapters and also at the end of the book for further reading for whatever. And I, I want to add what makes it unique, it's not just me. I share my personal stories and my experiences. But along the way, the thousands and thousands of people that I interacted with, and, and not only the people with MS, but their families, the examples in there, you know, the knowledge that's put together in this book is not just me. It's a culmination of many, many things. So, um, you know, I wanted to point that out. And I do, you know, also want to say I, I'm not a doctor. And a lot of people want to see a doctor's name on it. Of course, I, mine was endorsed by a medical professional. Um, but I want to point out that I, I had a variety of professionals run through it. A physical therapist, a dietitian, nurses, doctors, my primary care, and on and on. I mean, inside the book, it names it because I wanted it to be okay. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wanted it to be credible. Um, I'm up there with the book that, and I live it. I breathe it. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. I'm a peer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, you know, try to incorporate all this when I put it together. And, um, it's helped a lot of people so far. 100%. So. It's very good. It's very comprehensive. I love that it's not sort of the medical speak. You feel like a friend is telling you about their path and uh, sort of tips and tricks that they found along the way, which is, I mean, everybody needs that, right? So I think mm-hmm. it's very well done. And I want to congratulate you on that. And thank you too thank for you. doing this because what a gift it is to this community. Very, very well done. And um, you you just shared so many ideas on how to live with this stupid disease, which, gosh, mm. you can never have too many of those, right? <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. But, you know, I want to point out, too, you know, it's only it's not only for people with MS. I mean, it could be really handy, for instance, <laughs> giving it to an employer. If, you know, if you're working mm-hmm. for someone, sure. somebody and they don't they don't understand what it's all about. Well, here you go. This is called a two hour read. Yeah. 200 pages, depending on how fast you read. Select whatever chapters you want. And I mean, you could share it with anybody. I mean, sure. we all have doctors that really don't have a background with MS. Right. I've given a copy to every one of my doctors. Yes. Yeah. Good idea. So it's something that you can share with other people. Pass it around, put it up on your shelf, pull it down. It it doesn't outdate. And I do want to mention that, like, I'll, you know, when I get into medications, what I do is tell you what you need to know about a, a DMT and then how to choose one. You know, these are the things, these are the bullets, these are the things that you look at and you want to ask whenever you are evaluating a DMT with your doctor. Yeah. So that's it's great. that little bit of a different focus. Mm-hmm. It is really great. Congratulations on the book and the update. And thank you so much for being here today too, Debbie. Um, if people want to learn more about you or your work, where do they go? Where's your blog, for instance? Okay. My blog is connected to my website. My website is very easy, debbiems.com. 
DebbieMS.com. And if you want to go straight to the blog, it's blog.debbiems.com. And I'm also on um, LinkedIn and you know other social groups that I participate in. But that, yeah, that that's the main place to go and okay. um, check out the book Debbie on Amazon. MS. Com. And all of the links I will have in the show notes, don't you worry, including a link Thank to the you. book. Yeah, so you can Thank get you. yours Thank too um, and be like with all the cool kids. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you the invite. For, thank you yes. for giving me the opportunity to talk. And I do talk. <laughs> I talk a lot. What? Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for writing this book and thanks for all you do for our community. And now you know what's coming next, right, Debbie? This is the fun yes, part. Yes, I do. Okay. We here in the FUMS Nation speak to the stupid diseases it deserves, and we tell it FUMS every day. Would you please lead us in our salute to the bastard with middle fingers extended, of course, on three. Are you ready? Yes. One. My pleasure. Two, three. You got to say it, girl. You got to say it. Oh, fuck you, MS. You want me to say that? Usually we just, we say F-U-M-S, but you can say fuck you, M-S. Sure. Good one. (laughs) Yeah, we all say it. We all do it. No exceptions. Don't, you know, anybody that says they don't, they do. They They do. do. We say a lot of things. (laughs) Thank you so much for being By the way, by the way, the oversight, your podcast is officially on my website. (laughs) Podcast. Oh, well, I put thank it you. on there, so I apologize. That's to you. I apologize. no, no, no. It wasn't just me. I, there wasn't a, a, a sort of a podcast area, and so yay that we've established one. Thank you so much, and I appreciate yeah, that I, I get to be the first one in there. <laughs> thank you. Yes. All right. Yes, you Super. are, and thank you so much too. Thanks Bye. for being here, Debbie. Take care. You take care too, Kathy. Bye. Quick shout out to Steve Woodward at podcastingeditor.com for the fantastic work on this podcast, including editing, show notes, and ingenious ideas. If you'd like help with your podcast, whether you're just starting out or an old pro, visit podcastingeditor.com and tell Steve I sent you. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you listening to the FUMS Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to it so you won't miss an episode. You can do that right on the website at FUMSnow.com. While you're there, sign up for the free email list so you'll be among the first to know of any new findings in MS research, new therapies and products, as well as any blog posts and podcast episodes I release. Want to chat with others in the FUMS community? Join us on Facebook at FUMS Now. Thanks again, and don't forget to talk to the stupid disease as it deserves. Tell it FUMS every day.